you continue to use the science and abuse and then scare people. And then what have we done now? We've allowed science to completely isolate us. And how's the devil get us in isolation? And you're going to continue to be in your room all day where the devil likes you to be. You're going to get away from your family. You're going to get away from your friends. You're going to get away from your job. Get away from your church. You can't go to church. And we're going to continue to isolate you in the name of science. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. Miss being back. Yeah. What's you boys? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It was yeah. Good. Yeah. But, you know, we hope you all had a, a very Merry Christmas and a, and a Happy New Year for us as Catholics. We actually officially closed. We're recording this on the weekend of uh, the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord. So liturgically speaking, the Christmas season officially comes to a close and we enter into what we call the ordinary time. So, um, and it's also officially been a year since we started our podcast. I think our first episode was January 6th. So uh, one year, the views keep going down, but, uh, you know, our hopes keep going up. So don't worry. You can't hold us down. You know, yeah. we had to start it in, uh, if we were bigger, they'd, they'd cancel us anyway. So it doesn't <laughs> true that, true that we have to move over from, uh, from uh, YouTube to rumble or something. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're in, we're in, we started off in the 2020 year, which has just obviously been a crazy year. Um, to be quite honest, I know Keone and we told you this last time, but Keone and I are doing, um, Exodus 90. So we're pretty oblivious to what's going on in the world today. So, you know, whatever's going on is going on and we're just, we're trying to stay close to Christ and in prayer. So, um, kicking off our inspiration today is Meeks. What's going on, me? So it's another topic we'll never do justice, just like all the other topics we always do. Um, and once again, it's always to encourage you guys to educate yourself first. And you know, we're just you know we're just a few brown guys just trying to you know give some knowledge that we have and share some truth. But um, as you guys see from the title of the video, we're doing a little Bill Nye science <laughs> rules vibes. Um, Even though Bill Nye is not a real science guy, yeah. And so, I mean, really, we're going to talk to a lot of things. I think um, I think the biggest point and the biggest theme to take away is that um, is science in, I mean, any generation, especially ours, is it there to find truth or is it there to justify a worldview? And I think no matter how far you go back, it's always to justify a worldview. I don't think there's any scientist who goes in um, mostly to... Let me just try to find this truth, even though again it goes against the narrative, because then they'll just get canceled like the rest of them do, mm-hmm. right? And we've seen that with certain um, COVID uh, doctors and things like that. So it's always going to have to fit in a certain narrative, and I think that's an important part. And I'm going to talk about evolution uh, from Mr. Darwin, even though you know we'll get into that. And um, the reality is, is even he had a worldview before he had found where he found on the Galapagos or whatever island that was. And also, I think it's an important topic to understand or theme to understand that anytime you make a moral claim, you're always making a scientific claim. Anytime you make a scientific claim, you're also making a moral claim. So scientifically, if you say whatever it is through evolution or you think that everything was designed, you're making a moral claim through that. If everything was designed, then what does that say about morality? If nothing was designed, we're all just evolutionizing and whatever that is and he was a monkey and then he really wanted to think super hard and then become smart. And he somehow, you know, a thousand years later was just super smart. Then you're also saying something about our morals. So it's important to kind of take that in. Cause I think a lot of Christians and Catholics for some reason are like, Oh no, you know, science is not really for us or maybe vice versa. And it's, 
it's um they have an intrinsic uh relationship and so yeah i mean with that we can kind of just open up and yeah i think for um for us as catholics when we talk about uh faith and reason really right so the the synthesis between them both i think the argument today especially because we're for the most part in a godless nation and a godless world right we try to root god out and now it's seen that really faith is for is really about the feelings right and for us like really smart people um science is everything right even though we um only, can only measure that which we can observe and faith is even a higher faculty than when it comes to reason in and of itself but you know great minds like saint albert the great who we were talking about before this is you know it observed so many different things of nature and um, really broke open Aristotelian thought when it came to that. St. Thomas Aquinas built on top of that. But I think it's really calling to mind that truth is truth. So objectively speaking, faith and reason, faith and science, uh, aren't opposed to one another. They're actually uh, from the same God, right? So the God of the universe is also the God of revelation. Um, and I think two things that we need to kind of break up, especially when it comes to science, is there's a certain faith that science, those who are pro-science, if you will, have to come into uh, consideration is what? Is that we're a world of order, right? So there has to be an understanding like, oh yeah, there's order. So I'm going to go and measure that. I'm going to go observe that. I'm going to look at the empirical evidence or else what's the point? So there's, that's the first thing. And the second, I guess, premise that you need when you approach the scientific end is the belief in secondary causes, right? So I think if you start to dive into us, and again, as Miko stated, we're not going to do this really justice, but, you know, I think where um, you look at some of the faith, I think is, is the Islamic faith really did away with some of this where they, you know, I'm taking this from a faith perspective, is that we believe as Christians that while everything happens within the providential and permissive will of God, God is not a puppet master. He gave us power and potentiality. He gave us the ability to reason and think and therefore to interact and act upon one another. Whereas like if you look at the Islamic faith, what do they think? It's like, no, God's in control. And so if something happens, he willed it. There is no choice. And therefore they kind of did away with the Aristotelian thought or any of the, the great thinkers. And they said, no, we're not going there. And then the Western civilization broke it kind of open, right? So you have um, some of the great philosophers, if you will. And you think about it, when the great, I think it was, um, it was inscribed at like the Delphi, one of the the portals there back in the uh, the um, in you know back in ancient times where it was like know thyself, right? And everyone's trying to come to this awareness, self consciousness, and I know you're going to be talking a little bit about kind of the enlightenment, right? We're always trying to figure out things, and I think from a very Christian perspective, is the more we know about the world, and specifically the no the more we know about God, the more that we understand ourselves better. And that's what we're trying to do is trying to make sense of who we are and how we fit in. So I think that's also a big part of it, right? So we can get really deep in some of the stuff. We're not going to make the argument completely, but it's just really trying to help people understand the, the, the synthesis and really the um, harmonious uh, element of faith and reason and ultimately faith and science. Yeah, it was just as I was listening to you two talk, like I think this topic is important because nowadays we see science everywhere, especially with COVID. Right, like, oh, I, we just follow the science. All the politicians, we're just following the science. Almost as if it's like their religion. Mm -hmm. uh, this is who I follow. Mm -hmm. My allegiance is to this. And it's becoming more and more of like a false religion. And, and we talk about science and how I, we feel like today, in today's world, especially with technology, 
it can be manipulated in so many different ways. Like Meeks was saying, to further um, to further push the narrative that you want to push, whatever that narrative is, you can use science in a different way by conducting this study with this variable, and you put in this um, variation of these factors, and you're going to get this result. And see, look, we proved it. That's science, and it's important for us as uh, as Catholic Christians to understand why we turn to science and it's not an end in and of itself we don't follow science for science's sake we should be following science because it illumines something about god about nature about ourselves um and it just makes me think of i'm um, reading the imitation of christ book and who's the, who's the author thomas kempis so i yeah i encourage everyone to read that book because it'll definitely hit you in the kidney <laughs> every page but what i read um yesterday actually and it was about knowledge and about seeking truth and it says why do you waste time um, seeking after so much knowledge that will not help you on judgment day? Mm. And I was like, geez, dude, that's kind of me. You know, there's a lot of times you get caught up in a topic or some sort of um, a theory, right? And you want to know more, know more, know more. And I feel like that's even popular today where, oh, I'm, I'm following the science. I'm following this um, in different ways. And if it becomes an end in of itself, it's, it's, damaging our relationship with God, damaging our soul, then we fall into the vice of just uh, feeding our curiosity in the name of science because we're now, we're seen as a scholar. We're seen as more um, intellectually superior and it feeds our pride. And so I think it's really dangerous um, the way that science has been used and manipulated and sought at, sought after in today's culture. And like, you know, this science rules mentality. Like I follow the science and it's just dangerous because um, it starts to, I think, confuse a lot of people. Um, so it's important, like Meeks was saying, you know, we're trying to kind of just put this out there for people to do your own research, look into this stuff, but especially kind of in your own research, are you following the science for science's sake? Or are you following it to learn more about yourself, about your church, and about ultimately about God? I'm going to, uh, you know, just throw this out there and you guys can catch it if you'd like. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to cover a few different topics, I think. Um, just things of abortion, I think climate change, all these things just fit a worldview, essentially. So if there's anything contrary, uh, we don't listen to that. It's science, baby. <laughs> 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 Shout out my boy Newsome. But anyways, um, so this one, I, I want to kind of discuss evolution because I think it's a big one where it's like all the people who um, have only read the third grade science textbook are like, dude, get on, Christians. You have no answer for that. And um I had, I had the pleasure of taking um, Dr. Ben Weicker's class at Franciscan, and, um, and that thing was a beast. And uh, he started to talk. He talked about Darwin, and I think he might discuss in his uh, one book, like 10 books that screwed up the world or whatever, mm -hmm. and a lot of this stuff. But um, essentially, Charles Darwin, he, his father, and his grandfather were all uh, very big religious skeptics. I think his grandfather and father were kind of in that enlightenment area or uh, his grandfather at least was in that enlightenment era and um and so they kind of had this already kind of thing of you know well, we're not really sure about this whole god situation and that which is huge i think people not a lot of people like to think about context and who people were following who Karl marx is following when he made this and when you don't have that and you don't have the context you don't really know what they're actually saying mm -hmm. and so it's important to kind of understand some of these things and there's this one fella uh, named Epicurus in 300 BC and he kind of you know in in Greek time back then everything was a god and everything was 
we had to sacrifice or if not then you know my boy zeus is going to come down he's not going to like it so everything we had to do had to please these gods and if something wasn't happening because we weren't doing something right and so there was a lot of stress and he was just like dude why do we have to do that like that i need to find something that's like kind of different so that we don't have to kind of live with this continuous stress we don't have to worry about our mortal soul things that aristotle and plato were talking about um and so he kind of came up with this idea and essentially it's basically about atoms now obviously they didn't have microscopes or anything like that and they didn't have the word atoms either but essentially he was saying the only thing that's actually eternal it's not your soul or anything it's just these part little particles within us these particles are constantly moving they're part of the earth those are the one those are the things that are actually eternal and you know all the other stuff that, that's nonsense the sun god and all the other stuff that doesn't make any sense it's these atoms that continue to live forever through different animals and all these things and that's really the eternal aspect and so that was kind of his idea he was a hedonist so kind of just you know sought pleasures and things like that it was th that idea and then it got to uh, lucretius and you can look on uh, strangescience.net for this if you want to like fact check me or whatever um but Lucretius was really the first one to kind of form this evolution theory. And this is in, I think, 100. He was a poet, uh, a Roman poet. And he was basically talking about, essentially, survival of the fittest was what he was talking about in some of these poems. I think the poem De Rum Natura is what it's called, or De Rurum Natura. And so um, he, I think he has, you know, a certain quotes, essentially to the, along the lines of some of these um animals they don't have the right limbs and then they kind of take the l and some of these other animals who do really good they end up kind of surviving and this is whole continuous idea of basically evolution is what he was trying to say they didn't have the same word for it and um then darwin comes along and a lot of these thoughts these epicure uh epicurean thoughts and lucretian thoughts Lucre lucretius was actually a, a student of epicurus so that's why they kind of uh, tying together and a lot of those thoughts those writings came back up in the enlightenment period because that's the same thing they were doing is oh this god stuff's whack dude we've been doing this for 1500 years let's move on we need to do science baby <laughs> is what they were trying to do which once again they're trying to justify a worldview that's what it's trying to do mm -hmm. and so that came up a lot and like i said before charles you know charles darwin's father and his and his grandfather were both kind of of this whole religious skepticism right of the enlightenment that brought it on so as you can see you're probably going to pass down that information just like my dad kind of taught his worldview to us as well and so now you have this worldview of well we don't really know about the religious stuff but hey this this one guy epicurus and lucretius they have some fascinating ideas to these particles these atoms and that's what lucretius literally uh, he's like three different parts and i think yeah so it's three different books in these uh derum natura however you say that first part deals with atoms second with the soul third with cosmos and uh mortality which is fascinating for 100 to not have any of that science and that's what you're dealing with but they didn't need that because obviously um it's just easy to justify your worldview saying hey we don't care about that but what about these atoms in us these little particles that we can't see those are the things that are really making us they're motivating us they drive us to do different things which you've heard for years and years so darwin had these thoughts in his mind and then when he went to the island and saw a fish come out the water and start breathing and then grow limbs or whatever he was imagining happen that was able to justify it and like i had said before i think we said in the last episode people want to force down your throat oh you don't believe in evolution well it's a theory once again so a theory doesn't have to be accepted by everybody because it has holes in it and the reason why it has holes in it is because it was trying to justify a worldview and it wasn't necessarily true that's kind of how it goes and so it's just fascinating to me um because you have this 300, 300 bc 180 and then i think 1800s is when charles darwin came to play and then as soon as that hit it became 
what you don't accept this are you kidding me you know are you stupid it's science baby <laughs> like it, this is this is true you can't you can't prove that other that, that god you can't prove the morality part and like you know people like i bring this up because the same arguments now what sam harris says is that our morality judeo-christian values aren't they're not here because they're true they just last the longest they worked for us the best that's it so same thing with these animals i mean the lions the tigers that we see now they just found a way to somehow last this long so you know fireflies they were just doing super good in the wild and they were dodging everybody and they're able to survive till this day right now and so all that means once again you make that scientific claim you're making a moral claim so all it says is that well we don't have to be responsible to that just like epicurus was trying to say back then all sam harris and all these guys are trying to do is we don't have to be responsible for our soul we don't have to be responsible for how we treat uh our relationship with god that's not that's not a real thing you can't prove that Mm-hmm. And as we continue to move on, we see how intricate all design is. I mean, me and Al are watching this one thing on Netflix. I know we probably shouldn't watch Netflix, but we're watching this um, nature show, like Night on Earth is what it's called. And the intricacy of every animal and the way that how they were designed to live and to kind of maneuver through the forest and uh, through tigers and all leopards and these people that are constantly hunting them to the way that everything about their body is supporting how they live. And now you could either take that as wolves because they survived and they found out how to do this. And at first it was actually a fish that came out of the land and then really wanted to crawl. So it grew limbs somehow. And then it came out and all these physical adaptations, right. Of, of um, evolution. And you just kind of recognize like all this stuff has an order has a design to it. And just like we, all the climate change people want to talk about, you know, well, don't overeat. Uh, fish or whatever because then you're gonna once you you know it's a food chain so once you overeat that then they're not they're they're food for someone else and they're gonna die off and all these things that's called an order and a design once again so all these things have an order that we some we acknowledge in some parts and we don't in the others so then what does that bring up then is science there to justify our worldview or is it there to actually bring us closer to truth mm-hmm. which i think you know we think about that it should be at service to truth right so i think that's one of the things that i um uh Pope St. John Paul II was talking about in Fidius et Ratio, Faith and Reason, was specifically talking about these are kind of between faith and reason. These are the things that really elevate us to the truth, which we know is God. And so they're not in contradiction to one another. I mean, it's just it's fascinating um, for, you know, just to kind of listen to, to the historical understanding of it. But just even like people objectively thinking about things, right? Like, okay, so so we've somehow evolved from like, monkeys and chimps and whatever we were talking about this earlier i'm like so why are there still monkeys and chimps right i mean did they just stop they just didn't want it bad enough for what they're like they're like nah man i'm cool with like eating fleas and like you know you know whatever they're doing right like it just like even that right it takes greater faith to be an atheist and somebody who's all about science than it is to be somebody objectively speaking like knowing that jesus christ is the second person of the trinity he actually entered into humanity we have records of that both um, pagan and christian all over the place right so you have more doc uh more documents about jesus christ than you would have about julius caesar and when nobody's questioning whether or not julius caesar was uh around so it's just it's kind of funny to me even if we if you just pull people back just a little bit right that science only deals with that which you can observe empirical evidence but what are the biggest questions that l people today in humanity it's not a question about whether or not one plus one equals two i mean math is at service to science anyway Right? That's just an, that's an, a way to express. I mean, the things of science, really, when we talk about time, space, and matter, 
yeah, those are important. We need to understand that. And we understand that there's going to be an you know, intelligent design and there's got to be somebody who actually architected that, right? And But it blows my mind just to say, okay, well, if you just step back for a minute, what are the fundamental questions where people are dealing with today? I mean, people aren't necessarily, uh, you know, going into depression because they can't understand calculus, right? Shout out to all the engineers out there. Shout out to Blake, who's chilling with us, and Blake, um, who's chilling with us in studio today, um, right? But that nobody's like losing their mind because they, I mean, I guess part of it is I'm not an engineering major, so maybe some people are losing their mind in calculus one through four. However, however, it, the bigger questions, right? Who am I? What's my purpose? Right, what's the whole meaning of life? Those things cannot be answered by science. So what is it going to be answered by? Right? These are metaphysical questions. Right? There's philosophical questions. They can only be answered by philosophy and theology. And yet those are the, mo the most critical questions. So everybody else that's to me running around, the Sam Harris's of the world, the Dawkins, the Hawkins, all those, they're just justifying the way they want to live. So they actually believe in God, in my opinion. They just think they're him. Right? And I think that's part of the key. What say you, Kenny? Yeah, just thinking, like, simply put, you say, like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So we know that the truth and what is objectively true is is what is Jesus Christ, right? Essentially. Um, so nowadays, like these these scientists who are living a life pursuing truth um, without any underlying religion, without any without any service to God, like you said, essentially, it's to justify the the world that they're living. And don't get me wrong, you could pursue truth for truth's sake and it can point you to God, but we're not seeing that in today's world. It's actually pointing you further away from God. And that should raise um, red flags for us as Christians as we're looking at the science rules, right? Look at the follow the science. Um, who are these scientists following? What is their motive? And I think that's important for us to guide us when we're looking at all these journals because there can be how many academic journals that would say something different than what people are saying about COVID right now, but are they being published? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Would you see those journals? Probably not. Why? Because like Meek was saying in the beginning, there's a narrative. We only accept this science in this study. That was probably like some survey of 10 people, right? Not something objective that you can measure. Um, something else that you're saying that stood out to me is the idea that we get it the the modern psych, uh, psychology and science and, and just any of the, the modern sciences, they get it wrong in many ways, especially with the human person, right? You're saying people are mostly getting depressed or whatever because of their ultimate meaning, because of relationships, because of things that are not objectively really measured, mm -hmm. right? Um, your, how do you really measure your purpose in life? Uh, how, do you, how do you measure God's call in your life? You can't measure that. And um, Father Ripperger talked about, you know, with, when you're... Um, studying any particular science there's first you need to understand the form of what you're studying in its totality in order to understand it you need to understand the form and then that illumines the method that you use to study that where for example psychology which you know obviously this is my realm the two cents i give here um what they get wrong is that they say the form of the person is strictly a, an advanced animal it's the physical, it's the carnal, right? They're, we use the behaviors, we study their brain, and then we're, what we're going to do is we're going to train them through reinforcement, through this and that, just like we would train any animal. But because they're advanced, they have you know stronger emotions or whatever that is, but we're going to treat them essentially like an animal. But how has modern psychology been doing without medication? Pretty terrible. And even with medication, all it does is just patch Band-Aids on for years, right? 
and I, I see it in, even in my, in, in the work that I'm doing, um, it's difficult because there are so many times in my field, I'm seeing like, you guys are missing the point. You guys are missing what these people actually need. So now rewind back. What is the actual form of a person as Christians and as Catholics, especially you understand the person to be a body soul composite, mm-hmm. right? And so psychology, the method of science for psychology purposes, when you're helping the human person, it, if you're missing the soul portion, the part that is um, non-measurable, then it's then your method is false. It's invalid because you're not studying the form as it should be. And I, I see that with, with psychology is that so often they're missing the point because they are trying to justify, like Meeks was saying, there is no soul. There is no God. Like Freud, who's pretty much an atheist, there, there's no God. Everything is pretty much due to this sex drive, right? And and then whoever the other psychologists who follow after them, and no, it's because of this drive. It's because of this drive. But it's not about God. Or it's because you had a, there was this idea of God, but that's really like your your energy within yourself trying to, to you know, manifest into this God figure. But that's not actually like God the person, right? That loves you and that died for you. And this is just, we see it more and more. And I think as technology has really um, gained a focus in our, in our day-to-day lives, the science has only been used to further justify a life without God rather than illumine a life with God. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that that's, what a detriment. And it's, it's like an evil, if you think about it. Like, we're, we're going to follow truth, but that's not God. Just think about that. Just simply put, what they're saying is, no, 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 God, who literally says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, we don't need him. And that's that's really diabolical. And we talk about the modernists, which, you know, the last episode was about modernism. The One of the, philo- the philosophical parent of modernism was the Enlightenment, where it's it gets to the point where, no, 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 we don't need God. We need, we need science. We need stuff that's objective. Like, we don't need to have some sort of morality. We don't need to follow this religion. We have what is proven objectively. And I think there's nothing necessarily wrong with what, what, with what should be proven objectively. But like what I was saying earlier, at the end of the day, it becomes a mean in and of itself. And ultimately, the end is ourself and what we are, um, what we are trying to pursue, the life we're trying to live. And it, just you take a step back and reflect on this in your own life. When you have a certain belief and you come across an article that says something scientifically proven to go against your belief, how do you feel? More often than not, you're going to be like, eh, I'm going to find another article. Let me wait. Let me wait. I'm going to find another article. That one, uh, look at that one. The way it's uh, the method, it wasn't um, uh, objective measure. I'm going to find another one that proves what I was believing, right? Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And what makes you believe that those scientists, these people who are coming up with these theories, have your best interest in mind, who are actually pursuing truth? And are not trying to further justify their godless lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to, I think, break open some examples. So we're not here to like disprove evolution. It doesn't really need to be disproven, or we're not here to have the scientific argument for God either. But just to like, once again, make people aware of this kind of justification of worldview through science. And I think um, we were just at we were just at the uh, cathedral in Phoenix. And uh, we had, what was his name? Father John Lankett. Yeah, and he was a monster. Shout out to Father John, because you were awesome. And he was talking about, you know, it was a really fascinating um, illusion, I thought, from King Herod and our president-elect, and how King Herod basically used the science of his day to 
wipe out all the two two year olds, I believe, um, because they heard that the you know the new king's in town and uh, he he's born over you know in that barn over there. And well, he didn't have the exact science to know uh, how to go get him, but he said, well, I can use you know my reason and the objective and the objective truth of grabbing all these two year olds and making sure you know we're just gonna slam. And so that that king, well, we don't have to worry about him anymore. And how he kind of was, I mean, this world is obsessed with this almost godless scientific kind of way of life. And it was almost like he was saying our president-elect using science in the in the way of abortion because, see, the, the Democratic Party, they're moving towards, well, we, we, like, we, we like those. So we, our party supports that. So I know... Biden, you're supposed to be Catholic and all, but this is how we're going to move forward. So if you want power, then you're going to have to get on board with this. And, you know, him as a Catholic is going to say, oh, well, you know, as a Catholic. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'll, I'll ride along with that. In 2010, I was against gay marriage. But 2012, I, I don't know. I just had an epiphany in my whole 700 years of life. I This whole one year, for some reason, changed everything I thought about the way that marriage worked. And so basically just made this comparison of now we have this new one using science in this in in the in the field of abortion to get your vote essentially to get the democratic vote throw away the religion we don't need that it's only when it's nece- only when it helps me out only when pope francis calls me i'll act like i'm catholic or only when stephen colbert has me on his cool show i'll act like i'm catholic and all these things and it's just like no matter how many scientists say you know life starts at um you know at conception and all these kind of stuff that, that's not the science that we care for no matter if science say hey men and women are intrinsically different uh, we don't really care about that. Let's let's make sure we send in twelve year olds to the doctor so they can have a, a sex change before they even know what high school they're going to. And so there's a lot of things that are just honestly sad. And I think you know I know I think in California there's some sort of rule that if a kid wants to go by a different name and gender wants to go to a different bathroom, then at the school they'll do that. Not tell the parents send the parents their actual name for their report card and give them their report card with their actual name they want to be called. A lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. but that's science, baby, right? Mm-hmm. And then what do we do with COVID? Well, let's use the science to scare people. We've had, I think, there was a kid in Hawaii who killed himself. I was like nine because he was, I mean, you're abusing them essentially, these kids, and hold them hostage in their own homes. And we all don't know what their home life like. And some of these people, all they have to look forward to is their friends at school and stuff like that. And so you continue to use the science and abuse, and then scare people. And then what have we done now? We've allowed science to completely isolate us. And how's the devil get us in isolation? And you're going to continue to be in your room all day where the devil likes you to be. You're going to get away from your family. You're going to get away from your friends. You're going to get away from your job. Get away from your church. You can't go to church. And we're going to continue to isolate you in the name of science. And to me, that's not looking for the truth because I think there's actually some, I've, I've heard of some studies say that, you know, there's science to, um kind of support the idea that we all came from a man and a woman just two people that we came on yeah that's not the science yeah that's not the science we're looking for there's just so many things right uh sweden's over there doing their own thing i i heard that covid's in the past for them they don't have to worry about they're not wearing masks that's not the science we look for even though sweden was our was our homie back in the day when bernie was running and we wanted a democratic socialism they were homie then now it's different science we don't like that Mm -hmm. and so it's just this like sick abuse and it just gets it gets frustrating for I think all of us, especially just us trying to live it out and trying to be uh, truthful. And I don't know, it's just like this continued shove down. I, I love seeing these stickers on cars of pro science. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. And just so much other stuff. Um, I mean, the climate change. I think why you know I think about the the thing, the obsession with electricity. Now, if I'm not mistaken, to make electricity, you have to burn coal to do so. Mm-hmm. And isn't that the exact issue why we have problem with all the gas and stuff like that? Because it goes in the air. If you burn coal, I'm pretty sure the same air goes. The same smoke goes in the same air. All these CO2 and the ozone and all this stuff. So it's like we don't even think about that stuff. But because in, a, in my Prius out there, you can't see the smoke out of the back. So it looks like it's better. I think that's what it is. It just look, It looks cleaner. And in the stove, you don't see the fire come up. So you just have electricity, all this stuff. It's just, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. We have a role to play sustainability. I understand that. But this obsession with it, you know, with all these celebrities telling us about how we should live our lives, right? How we should be sustainable. And they're flying on their private jets all the time. Yeah. Are, are they taking a boat? Like uh, Greta Thunberg or whatever? She's just, oh, the whole way. She's coming to America the whole way on the boat. Are we all taking those steps? It's just like, you know, at a certain point, are we ever going to question this? Are we going to question the science? Or you can't question science because that's the new God of our day. And just there's so many examples of just this nonsense. You know, like we we literally all, for some reason, media likes to take Bill and I seriously. <laughs> you know? Like, should we have Jerry Springer as our new, uh, should we have him back on as the head of all relationship advice too? Yeah. Like, you know, what, I mean, what are we doing here, dude? Yeah. And so there's so many things. It just, it just fascinates me and blows my mind because I don't know how many times, how, how are we going to continue to let them just, Brainwash them, brainwash us in every aspect in the name of science because that can actually prove and the God stuff can't. Yeah. And I think it's deceptive too. So I was just listening to a, a video with Blake actually. And uh, <laughs> it was on, uh, it was by Census Fidelium who just strictly bars every video <laughs> that you could ever listen to from them. Um, but there was a priest who was talking about evolution and how I believe it was Karl Marx who was trying to get, uh, he was trying to pretty much give um, recognition to Darwin for his uh, theory of evolution, how it could further his um, Karl Marx's um, class, classism, like belief and ideology and kind of get doing away with God. And um, it said something to the effect of like Darwin didn't, didn't want his recognition because while he, they had the same end, Darwin was trying to go in a kind of backdoor route like, no, 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 we're not going to blatantly say that God doesn't exist or blatantly say that, um, you know, morality, we don't need morality or anything like that. What we're going to do is say, no, no, you follow our science and what is true. So then people are automatically, you know, there's our curiosity. We want to, we want to find what's true, what's factually, you know, um, satisfies our appetite, our intellectual appetite. We're going to follow that. And that's the way we're going to get them away from religion. Why? Because people are so, um, we are often so hungry for knowledge, which is obviously supposed to lead you to God. But um, when it when there is no God in your life, it becomes to feed yourself and your own appetite, right? And so you, with the whole culture already doing away with God, Darwin comes up in there and says, here's science. Look, just obsess over it. Here's a theory of evolution, whatever. And he doesn't want that recognition from Karl Marx because no, what they're doing is the modernist view. We're going to slowly kind of Kinkle head, you know, we're going to have one foot in with religion, but we're going to kind of create our new religion and it's not going to have God or, and if it does have God, it's not the God that you say it is. No, no, no. It's, it's based on, uh, it's based on the, the natural, what is observable. We can explain it or it's based on your sentiment within yourself. And we talked about in the false religions. Um, so I, I just think of how dangerous it is. And even today, the, like you said, abortion or climate change, these words. And like, do people even stop to say, like, what is, cli- yeah, the climate changes. So what? 
Yeah. You know, what does that even mean? If you actually have an issue, like we have an obligation uh, to take care of God's creation, you know, to sustain it and respect it. Let's talk about that. Well, what is climate change? What does abortion actually mean? Are you ending a human life? Or are you not ending a human life? And last time I checked, if you stop a heartbeat deliberately, that's called murder. You know, so it's like in the name of science, who are all about facts, there's these words which I feel like in science, you should be able to define your terms, right? If you're going to objectively study something, you need to operate off of the same terms, mm-hmm. right? And these terms are all lofty because we can use them. Oh, no, dude, that's not a human. It's just a clump of cells. Well, they're cha- and they're changing it, though. Mm-hmm. So you just bring it up. What was, what was climate change before it was climate change? Global, Global warming. warming. Mm-hmm. But that didn't work mm-hmm. because what happens when it's cold, Right. So it's like, oh, we can't swing the ice ages. Oh, that's not global warming. Climate change works, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing with what we're doing with gender and sex. What was gender before? Sex. Now we're saying gender, but that's a social construct. Now I can choose my gender. So you start to separate from the science, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the truth of all that. And I think that's the, the crazy thing is that now we see in this crazy world, the hijacking of all that. They're confiscating, they're, they're repurposing words in order to fit their narrative, their agenda. Right? And that's the, that's the thing. One of the things we've talked about this before, but all of this, when we were just listening to all of this, I'm like, you know, we're living what scripture tells us in the Romans one's issue, right? This is a perfect, I just want to read from it because it's, it's from Romans uh, chapter one from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. But it says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they, we, are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. Pay attention because this is when he starts the, the consequences of that. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural and men likewise gave up natural relationships, with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for this error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, uh, magnanimity. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, so on and so forth. Sound like anything? Right? We're exchanging our own. So God's like, look. You can't even see what's in the observable. None of us have an excuse, right? The great minds of say, like St. Albert the Great, right? People were challenging him back in his day in the, in the 13th century because he was just saying, look, you can actually reason. That's what St. Thomas said. You can reason, right? Just objectively reason. If you can see God's hand in creation itself because we see order, right? So people are challenging him because they're like, oh, that's, that's too paganistic, right? Because everyone was thinking about the, the, the Greek gods. Right, because it was so disordered, it was so chaotic. There was no order to that, because you had gods fighting each other, which is kind of not God, right? So there's this idea that because we ourselves have been so dumbed down, we think we're so smart, but we're not really, right? 
And then look what happens. We exchange ourselves for our own lustful passions for one another. So all of this is just, to me, a Romans 1 problem. When you refuse to see God and you choose other things to fill in God, the God void, which is essentially, in this case, what we're talking about, science, well, look what we have. You know, we can't even, we can't even agree, even though science will tell you when life begins. Science will tell you it's either male or female. Science will tell you, I mean, you want to look to the animals. Yeah, they'll tell you whether or not a, a male and a female, anything, fill in the blank, cat, dog, monkey, right, produces life when there's those two, right? That, that tells us a lot about ultimately God and himself and what we should be called to as humans. Makes. Yeah, I just, you know, what comes to mind uh, is the giver. You, you guys remember the giver? And that was, it's a fire movie, good book too. Um, but that idea that we know what's best for you. We're going to assign your jobs. We're going to do all this. I don't think they could see color. I think it was the whole thing. There's all these things they couldn't see, right? It's really fascinating how that works. And so they controlled every aspect of it. It's almost like they were censoring things, hmm. right? And I think Apple just actually took Parler off their app store because mm. Parler was inciting violence and things like that. And there's a bunch of censorship. I think there's a lot of people. Um, there's some things out of shadows, pandemic. Those You can't find those on YouTube. No way. You can find debunking videos. And there's just a lot of this thing in the name of science that we're doing. And I, I think I brought up a point, uh, Patrick Coffin had mentioned about this whole term of sustainability, eventually just each putting a family on their own plot of land, right? And you're going to you're gonna be self-sustaining. You better be careful how many kids you have because this is all you have. You're not going to need a job because we're providing everything that you need. And uh, that means there's no money. So there's no money. We'll control all that. We'll give you guys enough that you need in order to self-sustain. You stay in your little community and then we'll take care of the rest all in the name of science. Mm. And the scene like the giver was a little bit like that since they all had the same exact thing. I think he had an apple drop down every time he walked to school or whatever, all these things in the name of science and not, ain't no one's questioning it because the giver, that's just a movie. You know, you know the matrix, that's just a movie, <laughs> all these things, divergent, all these, you know, little movies, hunger games. That's just a movie, dude. Get out of your head. That's wild. And I think we got to start being a little bit more aware of like how far is this science going to take? We already seen AI. I've seen videos of robots straight speaking to each other, mm -hmm. like off the top, like conscious and everything, like almost craziness. Well, you see that right now with your apps, right? You talk around your phone, all of a sudden you jump on Insta and all of a sudden it's like, bro, I was just talking about cut, getting haircuts and clippers and now mm -hmm. I got ads coming up with clippers. Mm -hmm. okay? I mean, it's there. It's happening right underneath your nose. And, and, and that was the thing that Keone brought up. I want to harp on is that Marx thanked Darwin because that's exactly what Darwin needs to fulfill communism that's exactly what he needs oh marx communism. yeah marx needs yeah. that marx what i say you said Dar you just flipped it You're oh okay You're good. so yeah marx was thanking darwin for that mm -hmm. and because that's ex that's exactly what he needed thank you for taking out god i didn't have to do it because mm -hmm. i just i never had a job in my life and uh, my wife's miserable actually i don't know if you guys know this but marx's two daughters both killed themselves with their husband they both plan to kill themselves so that's great that you guys are following him and mm -hmm. I think that science is what exactly needs to push over to what would that, what would that look like? What I just explained that plot of land where everyone's in, that sounds like communism. I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's the exact fulfillment of it. Mm -hmm. And what was it? What was the name of science? And what did Marx think Darwin for the science? Mm -hmm. And so we got to start thinking about that because I mean, we're in some deep doo doo right now. Yeah, we are. And it's not going to be Trump. Biden, nobody's going to save us from this one. Well, and we Jesus is going to yeah, have to come down. We talked about God, not government, right? Like, yeah. we, I mean, we're pointing to all these things. Like, ultimately, what we're saying is 
turn to Christ, right? Turn to God. Because if government's your God, good luck. If science is your God, good luck. We're in a crazy time right now, crazy time. And this is time to turn it up, turn up your prayer life, turn up, you know, get your life right. I'm thinking about John the Baptist, right? Repent, right? It's like you, you need to prepare the way of the Lord. Cause I'll tell you what, all these career politicians, all these people that are feeding the narrative, you ain't taking none of that to hell. Cause that's where most people are headed, right? Jesus told us himself, right? That the road to perdition to hell is filled with many traveled, well-traveled. And that's where a lot of people are going. And it's just like, it's getting tiresome. Right? When you look at your life, you look around the world and you're, you're complaining about all these things. You're looking for somebody to, to save you, to, to help you. And yet the one person that can, Jesus, you totally ignore. You want to root him out just so you can live and feel better about yourself. And ultimately, you're not. Mm-hmm. Kelly, last parting words. Just in a world where science has ruled and where we follow, we, you know, follow the science, but the world is in the state that it is today. We think of the state of the church. We think of the state of the government worldwide and what we're in right now. The chaos, the the um, the fighting, the everything that's happening in this world. If if science was so great in the, in the way that they're putting it, the truth, right? If if this focus, this obsession with science was so great, why is there so much despair and chaos and disorder when science is supposed to bring us to order? Mm. But there is no God, and so maybe we're obsessing over the wrong thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I say that's a shout out to people who are either Christian or not Christian, whatever you're following, is it, like I said, we harp on this all the time, is it to bring you to the truth that is God himself, or is it to justify your own lifestyle? Mm. Because right now, there's a lot of science out there, but our world isn't looking too good. So we might need to change the focus. Yeah, I think the one last thing, going back to what you're talking about with Father John, like it's homily, right? Herod too, in his cowardice, in his darkened mind, in his selfishness, he also turned to religion and to the scientists of his time in order to find out where Christ the King was going to be in order to slaughter all of the innocents at that time. So if you think you're going to go out there and manipulate faith and science in order to fit your narrative, you're tripping, right? That's exactly what Herod did. And I'm pretty sure Herod's not going to be where I intend to go. I mean, you know, I'm not God and that's not for me to worry about. But just think about that. He too sought the religious leaders of his time. He too sought the wise men in order to find in under the guise of, I want to pay homage to God, right? I want to be the smart one. I want to be somebody that's, that's you know, uh, up to speed, hip, current, you know, scientific. Progressive. Uh, progressive, right? Uh, under all that, we see a lot of our leaders doing that today inside and outside of the church, only to serve his own selfish needs as far as power um, and it really is insecurities, right? You, you were threatened by a little baby born in a manger, right? That's how much of a man you weren't. So Meeks, parting words. Yeah, there's science to show that uh, you need to like, comment, subscribe because we can see those. Yeah. We see the views. Uh, there's science for that. Science is not looking good. Let me tell <laughs> yeah. you. That's why science is not rule because it's not looking good right now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, help us out. Uh, you know, throw us, throw us a bone. Let, you know, let somebody know. Um, I'm not trying to have a real job. I'm graduating soon and getting married. So just let me live off YouTube. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate yeah, it. Exactly. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys spending some time. This was a long one. We told you it was going to be deep, a lot to unpack. You know, do your own homework, do your own research. In the end, we're trying to point you to the truth, ultimately, which is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. So may God continue to bless you and your family, keep you safe. And until the next episode, get holy or die trying. Peace.